Welcome to The One, the podcast for dating from your most vibrant and authentic self. My name is Gina Catherine, and I am a confidence coach for love and sex. We know that we need to love ourselves, but nobody explains to us how to actually do this. This podcast has advice and practices on how to do just that. My mission is to help women deeply connect to their bodies, hearts, and minds. When we know, accept, and love ourselves, we draw in amazing partners and incredible experiences. I offer these words from the perspective of a usually straight, cisgendered, divorced, middle-aged white woman. It is my heartfelt hope, though, that there are nuggets for anyone to use in their sex, love, and relationships. In this podcast, I will invite you to let go of the piece of you that hopes for love but is skeptical and ask you to believe and take action in dating from a place of deep self-worth. The one exists and they are you. With that, let's dive deep into this week's episode of The One. The last two episodes on intimacy were missing a crucial element in the intimacy topic, and that is what happens when your bid for intimacy fails. Rejection sucks for all of us. This fear of rejection is one of the top reasons that people share with me when I ask them why they're not dating when they want a relationship. But rejection is universal. Everyone has been rejected at one time in their life. Maybe it was their fourth grade crush mocking the handwritten Valentine. Maybe it was the sneer you got when you asked someone to dance in the club. Maybe it was a request to reconcile with a friend. Maybe it was asking your longtime partner to shower with you. None of these are easy to handle. Here's how you might put these types of rejections into perspective, though. First, and so, so important, is do not make the rejection mean something that it does not. If you ask someone out and they say no, do not tell yourself that you are universally unattractive and undateable. If you kiss someone goodbye after a lovely dinner date and they just jump into their car directly after, do not make it mean that they are not interested or that your breath smelled like gravy or that you just blew it. If you ask someone to dance and they say no thank you, you need not like skulk off and leave the bar because you got shot down. Do not make any rejection be about your weight, your age, your car, your eczema, your height, your bangs, your education, your awkwardness. I see this so much. Making a rejection mean far more than it does. Stop yourself when this spiral starts. Remind yourself that you do not know what's going on with that person who rushed into the car after the kiss. It could be that they have a vow to practice restraint, or it could be that the kiss was just right or just enough for them, or it could be that your breath does smell like gravy. You don't know. You are not a mind reader, and you're doing yourself a disservice if you spin about this. When you feel yourself guessing and making it mean something, try to chuckle, tell yourself, ah, it makes sense that you're worried about this, but you're just going to let it be about this one isolated no. When you feel rejected, ask yourself some of these. Is this rejection or is it just perceived rejection? Sometimes we see someone turn away and we think it's because of us and we don't hear what happened to make them turn away. 
It takes a lot of boldness to put yourself out there in ways that makes rejection clear. The very best way to do this is to practice. I put myself through boldness training many years ago. I coach around so many of these practices, but I'll share a few here in this podcast. Purposefully embarrass yourself, like in public, for weeks, until it goes from a painful experience to a mild self-amusement, and it will I went from not even wanting someone to see me do a lunge on the running path to purposefully skipping and wildly swinging my arms in a non-athletic way. Before COVID, I made myself sit right next to a couple in a near-empty movie theater. I took a long time ordering. I asked questions that made me sound foolish. I wore clothes that did not make any sense to be on my body together at the same time. And nothing bad happened. The benefit in some of this boldness training was that I got used to surviving embarrassment and these little practices were instrumental in finding my confidence. And when I did get rejected and I felt embarrassed or foolish, it had far less of a charge. It was not a shock to my system. It was just a no in that moment. And I could handle the discomfort. No big deal. I personally knew that in rejection, two things loomed horrifyingly large to me. One was that I would be thought unintelligent, and two, that I would be misunderstood. And so I went hard on putting myself in situations during my boldness training that brought up these fears. I let myself appear dumb. I let myself be misunderstood. And then I celebrated the shit out of myself for these weirdly satisfying trials I put myself through. They taught me that my intelligence is not validated externally. Whether or not anyone finds me smart does not make me smart. It doesn't make it true or not true. At the beginning, this felt awful. My heart raised and I felt nauseous and I was propelled to try to explain myself. But it became easier and easier until I found myself secure and wondering why had I ever needed validation from a stranger or anyone for things that were beautifully and uniquely clear to me within myself. I had walked on the coals during this boldness training and I was fine. The next thing to ask yourself is, do I care? So many of us are incredibly focused on being chosen that we don't even give enough thought to Is this someone I would choose? Do you care if someone did not text you back after a date? Had you followed up but not really been that into it and it just feels fine to let it go? Check in with yourself to see how the situation feels to you. We sometimes just move forward on autopilot, but dating is the perfect time to practice checking in with how the situation, the potential, the person sits with you. Is it a mutual choosing? You're not awaiting selection in dating. You're looking, smelling, tasting, and seeing if you like this person too. Another thing to ask when you're faced with this feeling of rejection is, how much of this is mine? Meaning, know where you're most sensitive to rejection. When someone rejects you physically, when someone ignores you, when someone acts differently with their friends than when you're alone together, How much of this gets magnified because it's attached to a lot of pain from your past relationships or from your childhood? You will need to talk about this to someone else, to yourself, to the partner. 
You'll need to ask the person. It's really hard to put yourself out there, but you have two choices. One, feel dismissed, make it true without asking, and let the person and the potential go. End of story. Two, ask very boldly and bravely. I'm sensing some waning of interest. Is that true for you? And then take the honest truth of it being validated, or the person may come back and say, ah, I didn't mean that forever I can't do it. I just have this really long weekend planned with friends. It's my best friend's destination wedding. Option one is fear-based, and you're not doing right by yourself. Not only do you lose the potential connection, but you tell yourself that you're not worth the ask. You let yourself down by not being brave enough to overcome that fear of rejection. I acknowledge that this is not easy, but it gets easier with practices and meditations that help you embody safety and worthiness. It gets easier when you give yourself first what you might be seeking from others. When you begin a relationship, being very honest about what you want and being very present and awake from the start makes it much easier to move through rejection just on a case-by-case basis. But what do you do when you're already in a relationship and feeling rejected, like in general? The story that's running through your brain is, my wife is no longer attracted to me. My husband is too busy to listen to my heart. My partner is repulsed by what I look like now. All of these seem insurmountable and so painful. So where to start? I often begin relationship coaching with an exercise from Byron Katie. When one person states something as if it's a fact, start by asking, is this true? And then ask, can I absolutely know this is true? We tell ourselves something is true because it feels so true, but can you know it is true? In the example of, my husband's too busy to listen to my heart, is it true? Can you absolutely know it is true? If you cannot know it is true, then you move on to the next step in Byron Katie's work, and that's flipping the statement over and over on every end of itself until you look at it from all possible angles. Is my husband too busy to listen to my heart? Am I too busy to listen to his heart? Am I too busy to listen to my own heart? It's worth mentioning here that the phrase too busy can more powerfully be replaced by I don't prioritize. Rejection in a long-term relationship can begin to heal when we clearly see where the no is coming from. Is it coming from them to us, from ourselves to them, or from ourselves to ourselves? And it's possible to come back to intimacy through finding opportunities that turn that no into a yes. Set up situations where you can find that yes. Love is found in the yes. It's reignited in the yes. Sometimes you just need to go first. Find ways to say yes to yourself. Find ways to say yes to your partner. You can either sit in the sort of self-righteousness of they should know better, or you can go first. In rejection, remind yourself that even though the situation was a no, you still have the opportunity to love and respect yourself. When you feel that self-respect, rejection stays what it is, just a situation with a no. A speeding ticket doesn't mean you can't drive, and rejection in love doesn't mean that you're unlovable. 
You cannot control what others do. You cannot control other people's mood. You cannot control other people's ability to give and accept love. But you can use rejection as a light to shine onto what you can give yourself. The feeling of desire, the feeling of fun, the feeling of being prioritized, spoiled, or listened to. These are all in control to offer to yourself. And often when you're full and vibrating with these feelings that you've given yourself, they come to you from others as well. They have to. Like attracts like. True story here, listeners. You are deeply lovable, and may you know this truth deeply. Heartfelt thank you for listening. I am honored every time you choose the one. Loving yourself does not require perfection. Big, juicy love requires us to get curious, to offer ourselves what we are searching for in others, and know that from this place of love and power, we magnetize amazing connections. Please do all the actions to keep the one podcast rolling. Share with others who may need to hear this episode. Like, download, sleep with me under your pillow. Click on the link in the show notes to subscribe to my monthly newsletter. And then listen every Monday and Thursday to get ever closer to the love that you so deeply deserve. You can also follow me on Instagram where I have tons of fun content to inspire you to be the one. You are loved by me.